Do any of you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents. Now, maybe you're laughing because you've hidden them for a reason. Some of you might like to sing in the shower. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Perhaps you have a musical talent that we don't know about. Some people have really bizarre hidden talents, like the flexibility to be able to lick their elbow. I can't do that. Can anybody here do that? Okay. Some people can curl their, their tongue in a certain way, although rolling it, they say, is genetic. You know, doing that little thing. Uh, some people can juggle. Anyone juggle? Oh. Okay, I, I saw someone pointing out someone out. Uh, whistlers, any really talented whistlers? People who can whistle? Okay, uh, who has a hidden talent that you're willing to just tell us about? You don't have to demonstrate it, but does anybody by the raising of their hand have a little talent that, I bet Rhea has a hidden talent. Yeah, Rhea? Oh, a storyteller. Well, we should get you to do the children's story sometime. That would be fun. And, and I enjoyed the puppet show that we had a couple of times. Thank you, Anita, Rohan, and Rhea. That was fun. Different talents. Um, I developed a hidden talent of yodeling, but no, I'm not going to do it here. It's best in the mountains. Sophie, Sophiana. Gymnastics. What a wonderful hidden talent. That's awesome. Uh, so we have these hidden talents, and sometimes we keep them hidden, or they're just not known because we feel a little uh, maybe uh, shy in sharing them. But these talents are you know, just little fun hobbies that we might have. But today we're talking about spiritual gifts or spiritual talents that are not meant to be hidden. Anything but hidden talents. Uh, last week, you'll recall that we talked about how everybody's essential. In the Old Testament, we saw that God had called ancient Israel to be a kingdom of priests. Everybody had a part. Everybody was supposed to be involved. God called all of them to be a light to the Gentiles. And in the New Testament, we saw that we too are all called. All of us are essential. So I want to start off with a few quotations just to get our mind spinning a little bit on this topic before we get into a few Bible passages. But notice what Ellen White, one of the founders of our church, what she had to say about hidden or about spiritual gifts. Okay, so here we go. If we can get it up there. Heaven apportions to just a select few. No? Help me read it here, church. Heaven apportions to who? All their work. And it should be their ambition to do this work well according to their capabilities. God gives everybody talents, gifts, and he wants them to use it. Now notice this next one here from the book Gospel Workers. God has set in the church different gifts. We don't all have the same gift. These are precious in their proper place. And who? Oh, that was a little weak. Let's try that again. And who? All. All may act a part in the work of preparing a people for Christ's soon coming. 
In other words, everybody's essential. Notice this next one. The talents that Christ entrusts to his church represents especially the gifts and blessings imparted by the Holy Spirit. Just the pastors. Uh, no, all men do not receive the same gifts, but to every servant, how many servants? Every servant of the master, some gift of the Spirit is promised. Does that mean me, pastor? Has God given me a spiritual gift? If you've given your, your life to him, yes. Now, if you're lukewarm and you're just pew warming and you haven't really entrusted your heart to Jesus, you don't have an encounter with him, then maybe you haven't yet received a gift. But Jesus invites you to receive a gift. Got a couple more here. What is a spiritual gift? It's more than just a talent. It's more than that. Let's check out this next one. Ron Cluzet, who taught at Southern and the seminary and had a lot of good things to say and still does, he said this, God, talents are God-given abilities, whether by genetics, learning, or divine intervention, and they're fueled by grace and controlled by the Spirit, which each believer consecrates to achieve church unity, to do God's ministry, and to give glory to God. So our, our spiritual gifts may involve our natural talents that we've inherited through genetics or uh, just the makeup of our personality, but it's fueled by the grace of God and by the Holy Spirit. And one last quotation for you as we begin here. Sermons have been in great demand in our churches. This was over 100 years ago. One of the founders says, we're preaching a lot. But notice what she says next. The members have depended upon pulpit declamations or proclamations instead of on the Holy Spirit. Uncalled for and unused, the spiritual gifts bestowed on them have done what? Dwindled into feebleness. We wonder, well, why aren't there many spiritual gifts being manifested in powerful ways? Well, one part of it, and I think Ellen White would agree, there are multiple aspects, but one part of it is we're just content to take it all in and not depend on the Holy Spirit ourselves. So I probably need to preach less and uh, figure out a way to involve us more. Have you heard that phrase, use it or lose it? You know, the more we use the gifts that God gives us, the more we're able to grow in them. It's amazing. In Rock climbing is my sport, one of my passions. I was able to go yesterday on the hottest day of the year so far. <laughs> go figure. It was fun and also horrible at the same time. Uh, the, the hike out was, was horrible. But um, it's a place called the Lost World, and it's amazing, but... The hike out is, is just horrible. But it's good. It's good exercise. But what I've noticed about climbing is when you don't do it often enough, you lose it. Before I went to seminary, I was a pretty good climber. Went to seminary in Michigan two and a half, three years, two and a half years there. I come back and I was so weak. Have you experienced that with some of your hobbies and interests? 
you set it down for too long, and then how, we, how do we do this again? Even just with simple games and stuff, you play it, you say, oh, this was a really fun family game, table game, board game, and then you come back to it later on, and you can't remember how it goes. You have to read the instructions again. If we are not actively seeking to use our gifts, they're going to shrink. They're going to dwindle. So there are four major passages in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. We won't look at all of them, but we're going to look at two of them today. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and then also in Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Peter chapter 4. But let's open up to the first one I mentioned, Romans chapter 12. I want you to see it from the Bible, from the writings of the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12. And we'll actually start in verse 1 here briefly before we skip down a couple of verses. He says, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to do what? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. This is pretty, a pretty high calling, isn't it? God's not saying, give yourself as a martyr, all of you. Die for me. He's saying, live for me. A living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is your reasonable service, we're told. And then down to verse 3. For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not just a select few, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Be humble. No matter what spiritual gift God gives you, be humble with it. Rather, think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Verse 4, just as every, each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. All of us are part of the body of Christ. All of us are essential to the body of Christ. Amen? God needs all of us. He wants all of us. And the gifts, notice, uh, starting in verse 6, we have different gifts. We are not all called to be the same cookie-cutter Christians out of the same exact mold. God has wired you differently than he's wired me. And he needs your unique blend of personality, sanctified personality, I should say. God's working on all of us, isn't he? He needs your unique qualities to reach people in the world that I can't reach as well as you can. We have different gifts, he says, according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. In other words, no matter what gift you've been given, the purpose of the gift is to use it. Right? And as we've already discovered, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
Years ago, I was helping plant some plants, like you do, at my grandma's house, and we were digging up things, and we were planting things, and we used this brand new shovel. I'd never seen a brand new shovel. I'd always only seen the old ones that we had around. But my uncle brought a brand new shovel, and I was using it in the digging process. And as I was digging with it, I was a young kid, I noticed it got a little scraped. New shovels, apparently some of them have paint on them. And it got a little scraped, maybe a little bent. And at the end, I apologized to my uncle. I said, I'm sorry, I scratched the shovel a little bit. And he turned to me and he said, John, it's a shovel. <laughs> In other words, it's meant to be used. Use it. That's the purpose that it was given. God has given us spiritual gifts if we've given our hearts to him. As we allow the Holy Spirit into our life, he gives us spiritual gifts and they are meant to be what? They're meant to be used. They're meant to be used. So let's flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Kind of easy to remember, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll look starting there in verse 4. It says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. You get into the picture here? I mean, these, these verses are just so clear, there's really not much need of explanation, which is a blessing. Now verse 7. Now each one, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for, in my Bible, the NIV today, it says, the common good, for the good of all. So the spiritual gifts are not given to you so that you can become this famous singer for God and go tour around the country and just give glory, not to God, but to yourself. Um, I remember I was watching this concert and it was so odd. It was nobody that you know, none of us personally or anything. But this guy on the piano was playing amazing, and I think it was like a sparkly piano. He was playing to God be the glory, and in the background were the big letters of his name, like, I don't know, 10, 15 feet tall, right there on the stage, and he's playing with a shiny piano and probably a shiny suit to God be the glory. And something about that picture just didn't seem quite right. Spiritual gifts, talents that God gives us and then enhances and boosts, supercharges with the Holy Spirit, they are meant for the common good. Skip on down to verse 14. Now the body is not made up of just one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be. 
If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. In other words, how many of us are essential? All of us are essential. Now, someone might be thinking, ah, but you can lose an arm and still get through life, can't you? It's a whole lot harder, isn't it? There are some climber amputees, I don't know how they do it. Amazing. There are parts of the body that we think, well, that's not that important. Um, my wife had to have her appendix removed. And for a while, people thought, oh, the appendix, that has no purpose, no function. But now, from what I understand, they're learning that there is a function, and you can get along without it, but it's better if you have one, and if you have one that works. Um, sure, you can get along without eyes, but it sure is easier and better if we have them. We could imagine a church where we have no AV team. But you'd have a harder time hearing me. Those at home wouldn't be able to hear at all. They're essential. Thank you. That was well-timed, Norm. <laughs> what happened to the sound? <laughs> that was good. Uh, everyone is essential. We could get along, sure, without everybody, but it wouldn't be as good. It wouldn't be as good. You know, I was talking with, with Lorraine uh, this morning. She sent out a couple of cards this week. That is a powerful ministry. And I'll tell you what, I would do more of that, but I'm just so bad at it. And I probably need more self-discipline to do it, quite honestly. But I'm so thankful that we have people in this church who see that as a vital ministry of this church. You don't have to be up on this stage to be essential to this congregation. Amen? Even if all you can do is pick up the phone and call some of the people in the church. Say, how are you doing? Can I pray with you? Or pray for the prayer requests of this church. If that's all you do, that's essential. In fact, if more of us prayed, we would do more work as a church for God and for his kingdom. More prayer, more power. So don't ever diminish what you perceive as your contribution to the church. Everybody is essential. Amen? I like what Lorena says. It says it later on in the passage. If one member suffers, all of us suffer. We want to be a loving church. We want to be a, a church with empathy. And when others are hurting, we want to be there to support them. Your support. I just love it when I find out you're visiting people just on your own without even being asked. I love to hear that. I, I want more of that to happen because there's only one me. There's a lot of you and a lot of you that are, that are not here. And so we need everybody. Everyone is essential. Verse 21, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. 
Well, our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. We can celebrate each part of the body, each aspect of church ministry we can celebrate because all of us are essential. If you've ever been on a basketball team or a baseball team or you've watched any sports, you'll notice when somebody hits a three-point shot that's in a critical part of the game or someone hits a home run, people come running out of the dugout or they jump up off of the bench. Bench players that aren't going to get any time in that game, they're excited. They're not saying to themselves, I wish I had hit that shot. Why does it have to be him that got the shot? Now we're going to win, but it won't be because of me. Right? It would be absurd to do that. Because when one person hits a home run, everybody scores. Everybody on the team gets the benefit. And so we want everybody to be hitting home runs with their spiritual gift. Amen? We don't want to have any sort of jealousy. Because if we are winning as a team, we're all winning as a team. If one member brings somebody to the Lord, the whole body prospers and benefits. Everybody is essential. Let's close out with verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Notice, we're not the body of Parkwood. We are the body, ultimately, of Christ. When I hear that other churches are doing great things, I say, praise the Lord. I, that's great. And sometimes some of our young, like teens or young adults go to other churches where there are more young adults. I say, praise God. Let them go where they're blessed. And if it can be here, great. Let's strengthen what we can do here. But let's celebrate the wins for the team of God. Let's celebrate it. And I'm thankful that the churches. The Adventist churches in this valley, we have a really good relationship. All the, we are mutually interested in, in the success of all of our churches. Because we're all a part of the body of Christ. Everybody is essential. Now let's just list real quick. I'm going to put some slides on the screen. The different spiritual gifts that I'm aware of that are in the New Testament. Put it here on the screen. We'll Right, let's see. Okay. Different spiritual gifts. Uh, there are ones listed like apostles. They were kind of the traveling evangelists, the leaders who weren't parked in one place. Uh, there were the prophets, people who, who sometimes God would give visions to, but also a prophet was also someone who would speak on behalf of God. And a lot of times in the Old Testament, prophets were just trying to whip people back into spiritual shape, getting them to return to God. There are the evangelists, the pastors, teachers, gifts of service. Uh, that's a really uh, important one if we ever want to have another potluck. Amen? <laughs> gifts of service. Exhortation. Giving. Exhortation is like encouraging, uplifting, um, trying to motivate people to be faithful to God. Giving, leading, mercy. Words of wisdom. We need that in our church. Faith. Do you know people in your life that just seem to be people of extra faith? Um, we've lost some of those pillars of faith 
over the last few years in our church. Gifts of healing, uh, working miracles, visions, discerning of spirits, gift of tongues or, or different languages, the ability to communicate, interpretation of those languages, gift of helps. That's a really good one. We need the gift of helps. You think about deacons and deaconesses and just the little jobs that if they don't get done, it's a big problem. Uh, if, if the air conditioning doesn't get turned on early enough, that's a problem. The gift of helps helps all of us. Amen? We're thankful for all the behind-the-scenes work. Administration, very important. Uh, there are other gifts that aren't necessarily listed in those four chapters we mentioned. Voluntary poverty. Uh, in the extreme case, God chooses gift of martyrdom for some, gift of celibacy, or missionary, hospitality. That's one I really especially enjoy. <laughs> I'm thinking about food in this context. Uh, but that, this is a very important one. If we are not hospitable, who's going to want to come here to church? Right? And they say, actually, a church grows to its capacity to minister to those who attend. So if we want to increase our attendance, we need to grow in our capacity to minister to everybody who walks through these doors. Craftsmanship. You think in the Old Testament, Hiram, who did so much work for God's house, he was blessed by the Spirit in a special way, more than just a talent. It, was, it seemed to be more than that. Interpretation of dreams, you think about Joseph. Composing spiritual music has been a, a type of spiritual gift, or poetry, other prose, and so forth. And it could be very well that God has many other spiritual gifts that aren't listed in the New Testament era because those needs and specific talents weren't needed at that time. So God has something for all of us. So the next question we have is, well, how do we determine our spiritual gifts? How do we figure out what they are? One of the best ways to do that is to ask other Christians, ask other people in the faith what they see in you, the, the giftedness that they see in you, how they see God moving and working. Uh, sometimes we might think, well, I have the gift of singing, or I have the gift of this or that. But sometimes we can be a little self-deceived, right? <laughs> And so it's important to make sure that we get confirmation from those in the body. But another awesome opportunity that I want to encourage, and we're just going to take a couple minutes to talk about this before we wrap it up for today, is taking a spiritual gifts inventory or assessment. And we actually have access to that. I took one this week. Um, and I've put a link on our website. And what this is, is simply a questionnaire. You go through it and you fill it out yourself. And I mean, so I suppose you could also have someone fill it out for you. But do it yourself. And then at the end, it gives you some kind of idea, maybe your top three spiritual gifts, what they might be. And again, this is not, this is not uh, an exact science, 
but it is a way to, to start to get an idea of what your spiritual gifts might be. And then talk to somebody about it. Say, hey, I took this assessment. This is what it said. What do you think about that? Do you see these things in my life? And I'm going to actually put a couple more slides on the screen that I forgot to tell you about earlier. A um, couple of slides to show you how exactly that we're going to do this. I've put a link on our website. Here is our website. For those who may not know, it's parkwood.adventistfaith.org. Parkwood.adventistfaith.org. And you can see there is a, some tabs. If you're interested in the Zoom meetings, you click on this one or our links for live stream. But on the right side of the top, it says resources. If you click on resources, then you'll see what pops up next. What's the very first option under resources? Spiritual gift survey. So click on spiritual gift survey. It will take you to um, this website, spiritualgiftstest.com, and you will get to fill out this form and take the spiritual gifts inventory. And you can probably do it in about 10 or 15 minutes, most of us. Now, some might say, now, what if I don't have a, a, a computer? What do I do then, Pastor? Well, I have made provision. If you, it's better if you can do it online, but if you just can't, out on the greeting table, I've printed off copies for you. And you can take this home and then bring it back next week because we don't want to just have you know about your spiritual gifts. We want to know what you think your spiritual gifts are also. Now, if you do this online, automatically, on the back end, we'll be able to see your results, and you'll be able to see your results as well. So if you can do it online, it'll be easier for us. But why would this be important to know about your spiritual gifts? It's important because it, it's just another way to figure out how God has been leading and working in your life. And if you can better articulate and know how God has gifted you, it's easier for you to figure out how you can be involved. Um, and, if, and you'll find if you're serving in church in an area that's maybe not part of some of your natural inclinations or giftedness, you'll burn out and you won't find as much joy in it. But when you figure out what your spiritual gifts are and you're using them for God, it is so much more exciting. Like, I would never be fulfilled in certain careers because that's not how I'm naturally gifted. Uh, but God has given me different gifts. He's given you different gifts. And when we figure them out, we're able to better understand how we can serve God. We've been kind of coming out of a long winter, as it were, with COVID. And so we're gearing up to do our ministry placement process again, where we ask all of you, or any of you, to be involved in the ministries of this church. And if we already know how you identify your spiritual gifts, it's so much easier for us to place you in areas where you'll get excited to serve God. So, do you think that's something you can do this week? Either take home a, a paper copy or go on the website and fill it out. It's, gonna, it's kind of exciting and fun. Um, and then also on there, it has descriptions of what the various spiritual gifts are like. And also on the same website, uh, spiritualgiftstest.com, you can see 
job, various job opportunities that you could be involved in, um, ministries of the church that you could be involved in. Next week, I'm going to bring a list of church ministries, ways that you could be involved. So I want you to start thinking about that. How can I be serving God here in this community through this church? I want you to imagine, just for a moment, imagine a church where all of us know, well, first of all, all of us have received the Holy Spirit in our life. All of us have identified our spiritual gifts, are growing them, and are using them regularly for God. Isn't that the kind of church that you want to belong to? Now, we have, we have a lot of that already, but we'd be fooling ourselves if we think we're reaching our potential. Let's explore this week how God can teach us more about ourselves and how we can be used because everybody's essential to God and everybody's essential in the body of Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm so grateful that you want to involve us in your work. And you don't want to just call us and leave us out to dry or leave us out by ourselves. You want to gift us. You want to talent us. Give us talents. Give us abilities. Give us the support that we need. So, Father, I pray that, first of all, that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you will help us to be genuine, authentic Christians who are following you and letting you live and grow in our lives. And then, Father, I pray that, that you will prepare a work for us and show us what that work is so that more can know the joy of Jesus. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a happy Sabbath, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.